I am so excited to bring this update to a story we talked about a few weeks ago. I think it was when I was filling in for Simi on the morning show. We now know that a four-woman team, including two BC residents, has claimed victory in one of the world's most grueling races and in doing so has also raised more than a quarter million dollars for ocean conservation. Talking about the Salty Science crew claiming first pra- first, clay- first place that is in the women's class of the world's toughest row on this past Saturday. And joining me to talk more about what this was like is Lauren Shea, a master's student at the UBC Institute for the Oceans and Fisheries, also a member of the Salty Science crew. Lauren, so great to have you back on the show to be chatting with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I remember you talking about what you were anticipating going on this race, a nonstop 5,000-kilometer rowing race across the Atlantic. Was it what you expected? (laughs) It was what we expected and so much more. Uh, There were so many challenges to be had, um, but we really came together as a team and overcame a lot of those challenges together. And it felt really, really surreal (laughs) navigating into English Harbor a few days ago and um, coming in first in the women's class. So it was really amazing. I just, uh, and I remember you talking about what it was going to be like taking shifts, what you would be eating. So no stopping, no support boats uh, going from uh, the Canary Islands uh, to uh, Antigua. Take us through the first couple of days. So when you're first, uh, the crew, you're in, you're starting to row, you, you set off from the Canary Islands. What was that like? Yeah, so it was pretty surreal. I mean, we've been working on this campaign and preparing and training for this for three years upon setting off from Lagomera and the Canary Islands. And um, it was really intense uh, while seeing Lagomera fade into the background and realizing that it was just going to be the four of us on our tiny rowing boat for the next uh, potentially six to seven weeks. Um, and we knew that the weather was going to be pretty big for the first week. Um, so we, you know, we weren't really sure what that was going to entail, but, um, we really hunkered down and tried to mentally prepare for that as best as we could. The first few days had quite a lot of seasickness. All of us were sick. So, you know, every few rowing strokes, you're leaning over the side and, and puking and then picking up your oars again and, and rowing again and, hoping that you and your rowing teammate aren't puking at the same time so that someone keeps rowing. Um, <laughs> so it's is a pretty intense few days of seasickness. And then, um, and then the, the wind and the waves really started to build. We had um, some waves that were probably as tall as we were long, which is about 28 to 30 feet or 10 meter tall waves. Um, we were surfing down those waves at speeds that we didn't think that rowing boats were capable of. Our fastest speed was 17.2 knots, which I've never even gone that fast in a, in a sailing boat. (laughs) Um, so it was a pretty wild roller coaster for, for those, for those first two weeks. All right. I want to go back to, so everybody uh, dealing with seasickness, how do you keep up your strength and keep rowing nonstop, even taking shifts when you're seasick? 
Yeah, uh, it was a challenge for sure. We we were all pretty prepared to to feel sick those first few days, and um, I've spent quite a lot of time offshore and kind of had um, ho- assured everyone as best as I could that if we could get through the first few days of sickness, our bodies are pretty resilient and can often overcome seasickness in, in just a few days, as long as you can hang on and keep eating when, when your body allows, keep drinking. Um, and, and we all were able to do that. We also had some um, seasickness medication, which which really helped us and um, for those first few days and helped us be able to continue eating through mm. that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that sounds like that would have been an essential uh, for sure. Cause I, I know you had <laughs> to be very careful about what you packed and with the, the amount of room on the small boat. What <laughs> about uh, fears and, and dangers? You mentioned the weather. I understand that you also had a bit of an encounter with a shark. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were 102 miles, I think from Antigua and um, there was a, a shark that was we so as we go across, we attract quite a lot of fish because um, we're moving pretty slowly and we're kind of an oasis, um, something for little fish to, to seek shelter underneath of. So we had fish swimming along with us the entire way across the Atlantic, which was really amazing. Um, but then sometimes those smaller fish attracted some larger fish. And um, sometimes those larger fish would start feeding <laughs> underneath the boat. Uh, so we had a really uh, funny encounter where a shark started feeding on some fish underneath of our boat and accidentally ran into our rudder a couple of times in the process, which was a little bit jarring. Um, but uh, after, after a few misses, uh, the shark decided to move on. So <laughs> it was okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you never really know what to expect when you're out there. Um, we had really amazing wildlife encounters with whales coming close by the boat, dolphins swimming all around us. We actually got to jump in the water and, um, and swim with some dolphins when we were smack dab in the middle of the Atlantic. Um, so it was, it was really incredible for a boat full of marine biologists to be able to experience that. <laughs> oh, I was curious if you would have spent any time in the water or, or done that. So I, that, that sounds amazing. And, and those, those little <laughs> moments and those unexpected uh, times uh, that you were able to do that. Did you prefer rowing in the day or at night? Oh my gosh. So I really thought that I would prefer rowing during the day. Um, and it really depended if it was super rough. Uh, it was pretty scary at night because you couldn't see where the waves were coming from. Um, but as we moved further south in latitude, it became pretty warm during the days. The sun was super intense. Um, so we actually, a lot of us ended up preferring rowing at night because it was a lot cooler. Um, we had um, fish being illuminated all around us from our nav lights. There were flying fish flying and hitting us all the time and flapping around on deck. So it was pretty fun. Um, and I think in the end, we, we really loved rowing at night. But in the beginning, I would say that the daytime and being able to see waves before they crashed into us uh, was preferred. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did, were you able, were you exhausted and were you able to sleep then when you were shifting uh, and, and taking turns rowing? Yeah. So we, during the day, we did two hours rowing, two hours off, switching between teammates and then 
Um, during the dark hours, we actually did three hours on and three hours off, um, which allowed our bodies to have a little bit of a longer rest. So that meant rather than maybe only catching an hour and a half of sleep, um, we would actually catch two and a half hours of sleep at a time during the night. And that really proved to be um, hugely beneficial for us. Um, I actually, I think we all felt like pretty well rested when we, you know, came into the next day of, 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 of light hours, um, which was not something I think any of us were expecting to feel. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that, that works really well for our team. And, um, it's, it's, we got pretty efficient at being able to just shut our eyes and immediately fall asleep <laughs> in our cabin. And I, I should have asked you this at, at the, right off the top, but can you tell me again, how big is the boat? And, and did you have space when you were sleeping? What was that like? So the boat is 28 feet long. Uh, and it has three rowing stations in the middle and then uh, a cabin on either end on the bow and the stern. And the cabin is uh, long enough for you to lay flat um, and lay straight, um, which was which was great. Uh, honestly, the hardest part about sleeping in the cabins was that our cabins um, from coming in and out of the cabin soaking wet so much, either from pouring rain or from sea spray or, you know, a big wave washing over the deck. Our mattress became soaked with salt water very early on and never really recovered. So I am um, I'm really loving not sleeping on a sponge anymore <laughs> now in, in my hotel in Antigua. <laughs> that uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I yeah. and I, I want to talk about when you finished, but before I, I get to that as well, uh, some moments of levity uh, because doing the math, you, you would have been on the boat during Christmas, and I understand you also had a birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, we, we, we knew that the scale of the crossing is, is it's pretty hard to wrap your head around. I mean, we were prepared to spend, we had enough food to spend eight weeks offshore. Um, so we, uh, it's, it's, you have to find things to look forward to. So we had, fortunately we had Christmas, we had new years, we had, um, uh, actually Chantal's daughter's birthday, um, to look forward to. And then it was my birthday and we knew once we got to, to my birthday in mid January that we should be getting pretty close. We certainly did not expect to be as close to Antigua as we were by my birthday. Um, but, uh, the, all those like smaller milestones, really helped us um, with kind of celebrating how far we had come in those times and then looking forward to the next milestone. And what was it like when you then, not too, too long after that, you crossed the finish line and then you found out that you had won the women's division? <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming into... So we did not see Antigua until we were probably um, less than 15 miles away um, and that was because the clouds were super low on the horizon. So we were like, man, we're 15 miles away and we still can't see anything. Like, I really hope it's there. Um, but eventually it, it got dark and we started to see the lights from shore, which was just an amazing, amazing feeling. Um, and when we rounded the corner and came into English Harbor, we could hear all of our friends and family shouting from from the pier and um, the media boat is shouting out, you know, that you have 10 meters to the finish line and counting down and you cross the finish line, someone lights a flare. And I mean, it was just pure joy. It was, it was amazing. And, um, I was so happy 
um, beyond words to be able to celebrate that with the, the with the three other women that um, that I just gone through this crossing with. Well, what an amazing experience. And as mentioned as well, uh, you and the others, you raised more than uh, $250,000 for uh, these causes and ocean research. Lauren, we'll have to leave it there for today. But thank you so much for taking the time. And again, congratulations. What an amazing story. Thank you so much. All right. That is Lauren Shea, one of the members of Salty Science. They won the women's division after rowing 5,000 kilometers across the Atlantic. We're going to pause there. We'll get you caught up on your afternoon commute. Stay with us right here on CKNW.